What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me, as always, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Hello, Dolphins fans. Welcome to therapy. Everybody lay down on the couch, and it's time to air your grievances with the Miami Dolphins. And, and, and we're going to air ours over the course of this episode. We're recording just after the Miami Dolphins finished losing 30-20 to 20 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Uh, really, it was 23-20, and then the Dolphins tried to get do some trickery on the final play and fumbled it into the end zone, which where Tampa Bay recovered it and kicked the extra point, so they won it 30-20. to But this was, I mean, this was the same old Dolphins, and this was, I think, in my opinion, Brain, I think that this is probably the best possible result for this team. Because I'm going to need you. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Ex- explain yeah, I'm, that. I'm going to dive I'm into not, it. I'm not sure how that works. Because, okay. First of all, the la- I mean, my prediction was that this was going to be a game that the Dolphins were going to win and win handily. And, you know, we were going to come away from this game with a lot of people drinking the Dolphins Kool-Aid. But by the end of the first half, it was very clear that this was probably not, not going to, to go that way. The Dolphins were down 20 to 3 at halftime. They had already turned the ball over four times. Uh, 20 to 7. They're 20 to 7, excuse me. It was 20 to 7. Uh, they turned the ball over four times, and it just their offense looked to be a complete dumpster fire behind Jay Cutler. And the defense, you know, for what it's worth, hadn't really looked that great either. Second half begins, and uh, Cutler exits the game. Matt Moore comes in. Uh, Cutler apparently in the concussion protocol. Matt Moore comes in, leads the team on some pretty good-looking drives, moving the ball pretty well, finally throwing the ball downfield with some success, and got the Dolphins back into the football game to the point that after a a 61-yard touchdown pass to Kenny Stills with about three minutes to go in the game, Dolphins actually tied the game uh, and came all the way back to tie the game at 20. And, uh, of course... At that point, I said, okay, here it comes. Here's where the Dolphins' defense, which had stood up and played well in the second half and had been considerably better, uh, they showed up in the second half and, and played really well. But then it came time to three minutes left of the game. This is the sa- this is as same old Dolphins as it gets. The defense stood up and played hard the whole second half as the offense climbed back into this game. And then when that finally happened, when the offense finally got it back and tied the game, the defense let the Buccaneers drive down the field and kick the game-winning field goal. It was, it was very same old Dolphins. But the thing is, this is one of those games that just like perhaps the first four victories in the Dolphins' season... Where if the Dolphins come back and win this game, they find themselves at 5-5, five and five, still in the thick of the playoff hunt, and people are still thinking, okay, this is a team that we're there, we're, we're, we're close, we're in the ballpark to being competitive, we're in the playoff race, right? But, you know, it, it, this is a team that needed to lose this game so that you could really sit back and go, oh my goodness, this team is bad. You know, it says something about the Buccaneers that the, the Dolphins turned the ball over four times and committed 17 penalties, and the Buccaneers still 
had to kick a field goal with four seconds left in the game in order to win. It says something about how bad Tampa Bay is, but it says something about how bad the Dolphins are as well. And it's one of those times where had the Dolphins won this game, it would have papered over a lot of the cracks. Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it wasn't the best possible result. Maybe the best possible result was Tampa Bay winning this game by 40 points. Maybe that would have been the best possible result because at that point you go, this team is complete trash. But as it is, we, you know, at, at this point, I think it's pretty definitive that of the people available, I think Matt Moore needs to be your starting quarterback. Uh, the team just responded to him coming in and just looked a lot better. Um, not that it really matters because as as I saw somebody put out on Twitter at this point, Whoever is playing quarterback for the Dolphins doesn't really matter. It's basically arranging deck chairs on the Titanic. This team has so many issues that who's playing quarterback is really not not really relevant because at the end of the day, you've got Ryan Tannehill coming back. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get into draft talk on this particular show, but I think it's abundantly clear that the Miami Dolphins need to draft quarterback. I think I don't think there's any way you get through this draft without taking somebody um yeah i just we find it we have we find a miami dolphins team that is in shambles their season is for all intents and purposes over at this point you're four and six with two games remaining against the new england patriots a game against the denver broncos a game against the kansas city chiefs who although they lost to the new york giants somehow today um and uh, two games against the Buffalo Bills and a Buffalo Bills team that uh, having a little bit of quarterback trouble of their own, I-, I still just don't see a way forward for this Dolphins team as far as playoffs are concerned. And I- at this point, I think the way to proceed this season is to figure out who are the guys that are going to be part of this team going forward and which are the guys on this team that need to be let go at the end of the season. And I think that conversation's Go, starts from the very, very top with Mike with Mike Tannenbaum. I, obviously, I would love to get rid of Stephen Ross, but that's not going to happen. But Mike Tannenbaum is is the next head on the list. And then, as you tweeted out, Bran, you 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 tweeted it out that Adam Gase in his first sixteen games now has a worse record in his first sixteen games. I'm sorry, twenty six games. His first twenty six games than Tony Sperano. So I, I think if anything that this season has taught us is that. Uh, the the honeymoon, as far as Adam Gase is concerned, is over. And, uh, you know, I think, I you know, I don't foresee Adam Gase going anywhere. I, I don't think he's getting fired this season. This he is everything that he has done this season has been the act of a man who obviously has full the full support of the organization. But, you know, he's somebody that needs to be evaluated as well. This this team is is a mess from the top down. And I think you could easily, easily say and not be exaggerating that the Dolphins are one of the worst football teams in the National Football League. Yeah, that's not an, an overstatement. When you look at some of the metrics, when you look at an offense that's been at or near the bottom of the league in just about every single category – when you look at a defense that, while they started out strong, has now been, you know, pedestrian at best, if not below average, for the last month now. And you look at a point differential that coming into the day, the Dolphins were the 
were fourth worst in the league in point differential. Uh, yeah, they're they're right there. I mean, they had at this point coming into the day, um, they had a worse point differential than the San Francisco 49ers. So what does that tell you? I mean, we're, we're right there bad, with the team. Bad football team. Teams like the Giants, like the Colts, like the Cleveland Browns. These are the worst teams in the league. And guess what? The Dolphins are right there in that conversation. Um, as far as evaluating everything from top to bottom, I, I agree with you. That's something that's got to be done. Uh, I think the first guy that you got to look at is is Mike Tannenbaum because he put this thing together. Uh, he has... You know, his fingerprints are all over this roster, the decisions of where to allocate the money, his decisions this offseason, you know, in the offseasons, uh, the two offseasons before that, that that's basically where what this team is. That's how this team is built. He's the one that put this together. And right now they're one of the worst teams in the league. And that's not in a position where. They came into this season expecting to be one of the worst teams in the league, expecting to have a rebuilding year. That's in a year where they were expecting to make the playoffs and all the moves that they made this offseason were in the scope of trying to take a step forward from last year, a year in which they finished 10 and 6 and ended up making the playoffs to trying to take a step forward to not just make the playoffs, but make some noise in the playoffs this year. And they have taken not just a, a couple steps back. They have taken leaps backwards. And now you have to look at it and you have to say, well, look, you know, who are the guys that are going to be here going forward? Who are the guys that are part of the long-term future? And how do we go about building this thing back up? And, and the problem is, is that part of the the problem with the way this team has been built is that this has been a team that has been giving up draft capital to try to win now, moving up in drafts to try to get picks, uh, to try to draft players that they wanted. And in doing so, they don't have a ton of picks. And when you want to rebuild, you need to have the picks to rebuild because what those draft picks are is those draft picks are cheap labor. And if you don't have the cheap labor, you need to go out. You need to spend money in free agency. And that's what this team has done and done very poorly, uh, really, at, in almost our entire existence as Dolphin fans. Really, since the, free agency, since the free agency era has begun, the Dolphins have been a team that has gone out and tried to, to spend big in free agency instead of building through the draft. And it's something that simply does not work. The way that you build a consistent contender in this league is by consistently drafting well. And then when you're close, making smart, sensible free agency moves that put you over the top. Occasionally, if you're a player away, that's when you make the big moves. The problem that this franchise has continuously had is that they have continuously diluted themselves into thinking that they are close, even though they have not been close since the late 90s, early 2000s. This team has not been close since the Ricky Williams, Jay Fiedler team. And you can make the argument that that team wasn't close, but at least that team had a legit top five defense 
arguably the best running back or arguably the best running game in the league. And you could argue, uh, you know, they had that one year, the year that Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl uh, against Oakland. You could argue that the Dolphins, save for a, a late season collapse in a couple of games that they probably should have won and ended up missing the playoffs, that the Dolphins may have actually been the best team in the AFC that year. But that was one year out of probably – you know, the past 25 years now where the Dolphins have been close. I mean, you could argue that they were close back in, you know, 92 or 93 when they played in the AFC title game back in 95 when they had the AFC divisional game, which they lost to San Diego on the Stojanovic missed field goal where they could have played Pittsburgh for the AFC title game. Outside of those handful of seasons, the Dolphins have not been a player away or two players away. They have not been close, but this franchise continues to delude itself into thinking that they're close. And so they continue to make bad decisions, continue to piss away draft picks to sign free agents for well more money than they're worth. And they end up being a mediocre team or a bad team because they don't have the depth they don't have the young talent. And then these old players, when they can't put them over the top and the rest of the team gets old, you put yourself into a situation where you're in need of a complete rebuild. And I think that this team is dangerously close to that. Um, do we need to draft a quarterback? Yeah, you probably do. Uh, you know, it's, it probably wouldn't be the worst idea, but you, you do feel like going into next year. That's Tannehill's team, and you hope that Tannehill is the answer going forward. I'm not 100% sold on it, but what this year has told me is that Ryan Tannehill is a significant step up from both Matt Moore and Jay Cutler, so that gives me a little bit of confidence. But this team has so many holes. Uh, you, you felt like coming into the year that maybe you had finally fixed the offensive line. Well, Mike Pouncey does not look like the player that he used to be, so maybe you need to take a center. Laramie Tunsil has yet to really uh, blossom into this franchise left tackle that we thought that we had. Now, I don't think that we should necessarily take a tackle, uh, you know, early in the draft. We should probably take one at some point because every year we lose a tackle and then we're one injury away from starting Sam Young. And that seems to be a disaster every single year. And this year being no different. We need to figure out the guard position because that's something that we haven't figured out in years and years and years. So the offensive line somehow with spending three first round picks, spending a ton of money on it over the past five, six, seven, eight years, the Dolphins cannot seem to fix this bugaboo. They cannot seem to get it right. That's something that absolutely needs to be fixed. On the defensive end, you've had this great defensive line now for a few years. It simply isn't making a difference and you're spending so much money there and the players are getting older I think, you know, it's time to re reallocate that money. Yeah, You've you got to start spending that money more wisely, maybe save that money, maybe put that money into maybe a franchise cornerback because one th another thing that we thought this team had fixed coming into the year was the secondary. We thought, you know, Xavier Howard had a nice rookie year. He's going to take a step forward. We used the third round pick on Cordry Tankersley. He looks good. Obviously, the injury to Tony Lippett did not help. Alteron Werner, a late signing this offseason into training camp. He did not work. Byron Maxwell ends up getting released. 
kind of at at this point kind of have to question that a little bit with the play of the corners uh, over the last few weeks since Maxwell has been uh, released. They got to fix the secondary. Uh, the linebacker is still a work in progress. You hope that with McMillan back next year that you've kind of got that fixed. But Kiko Alonso, how long-term a solution is he? How long-term a solution is Maluga? How long-term a solution is Lawrence Timmons? I'm not sure that any of these guys are long-term solutions on the defensive end, other than, on, the, on the defensive side of the ball, I should say, other than Rashad Jones and maybe Raquan McMillan. And that tells you, you've got to spend a lot of draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. And then you still got the question marks at the O-line. You still got the question marks at quarterback. You still got a question mark at tight end. This team has so many needs that you're not going to fill it in one offseason. You're probably not going to fill it in two offseasons. So when you evaluate these players and you try to make the decision, who is going to help us? Who is going to be part of the long-term plan that these are the guys that are going to be here when the Dolphins are actually contenders? You got to look three, four years down the line. So a guy like Ndamukong Sue. Great player, a guy that you you totally can build the defense around. Is he going to be the guy that you? Is he going to be a guy that you're going to want to re-sign for for twenty million dollars a year a couple of years from now, or is he a guy that you're going to be able to maybe extend and and make his deal a little bit more cap friendly? Is he willing to take that deal? Uh, a guy like Cameron Wake, who's still productive, and I know a Dolphin fan favorite and j- still productive at this point. Because he's still productive, this is why the Dolphins have really made a mistake in the handling of Cameron Wake. Is there value in keeping a guy like this around and selling tickets and having that fan favorite? Yes, but the guy is not helping you win if every single year he's here, he's 8-8, eight and eight, and then you wait until he's not productive anymore, and then you let him go for nothing. The, the thing to do, the prudent thing to do with a guy like that is when he's still at his peak, trade him for something, get something for him, get that draft capital back because what this team needs and needs plenty of are draft picks because that's the only way that this team is going to be rebuilt into a consistent winner. They'll be able to put band-aids on things and occasionally have a year like last year where they go nine and seven, 10 and six, they sneak into the playoffs, but they have no realistic chance of contending for the Super Bowl. If that's the end game, fine, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. But if the end game is to try to be the New England Patriots, to try to be the Seattle Seahawks, to try to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers teams that are perennial winners, perennial Super Bowl contenders, you have got to put emphasis into draft capital and you have to build this thing the right way. Right, and the and the, that goes back to my statement that I said before because I'm just not convinced at all that Mike Tannenbaum is the right guy to be doing that and to be putting that and to be putting this team together. And yeah, I know he's getting a lot of input from Adam Gase, but I don't know. I just the, the it's it's the same cycle repeating itself over and over and over again with this Miami Dolphins franchise. It's uh, it's a sad state of affairs, Aaron. It is sad, uh, but it's, you know, it's reality and it's important for Dolphins and the Dolphins organization to live in reality because a lot of Dolphins fans 
We're looking at that. And it was a fun season. Last year was one of the most fun seasons as a Dolphins fan that I can ever remember. Uh, because they they didn't you didn't expect anything out of them and they caught fire and they exceeded expectations, which is something as a Dolphins fan that this team never does. They either meet expectations or they fall below almost every single year that we follow them. And so for them to have that year where they actually exceeded expectations, it was exciting and it had you excited coming into the season, but you had to take it and look at it realistically. Last year, the Dolphins were a team that won an inordinate amount of close games. They won a lot of games where they had a lot of things go their way and things do not typically happen like that every year. They don't carry over. And so you had to look at it realistically and say, look, that was great. I like that we instilled that that Adam Gase was able to instill in this team a toughness, a mental toughness, and they were able to f- figure out ways to win games that they had been losing year after year after year. It was a good trait to have. And I still see that trait in this team. This team shows a lot of fight. But the problem is, is they're just not that good. They weren't that good last year. They were an 8-8 eight and eight team that masqueraded as a 10-6 and six team, and they got to the playoffs, and they were exposed. This year, yes, uh, can you make the excuse of, of losing your starting quarterback? Of course. It's, and it's not just an excuse. It's a, it's a viable reason for this team underachieving. But it's not the only thing there. This is a team that, what do they do well? Literally, what do they do well? They don't block well. They don't cover well. They're, they're, I guess they're a decent tackling team. So there's something. But the, the tackling is happening further and further and further on the wrong side of the line of scrimmage over the past month. On offense, they're an absolute mess. They've got talent at the skill positions. They, they traded away one of their most talented players, but You know, Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake have done a serviceable job the last few weeks. So they've got talent there, but in the trenches, you know, the the defensive line is good. The offensive line is is a mess. The linebacker situation, it's like if if you're not going to win for the next three years, you can't be expecting Lawrence Timmons and Kiko Alonso to be part of the plan. So you got to draft linebackers. The corners, look, we all hope that that Xavier Howard and Cordry Tankersley are going to be very good corners in this league. But look, they at this point in their careers, Xavier Howard is a below average starting corner. Cordry Tankersley, a below average starting corner. Let's look at it realistic. Let's realistically, let's call it what it is. This team is not good. It is bad. It is not all on the coach, although the coach deserves his fair share of the blame. But the team as a whole is bad, and you have to – any move that you make going forward needs to keep that in mind, that this is a bad team that is a few years away from contending. So let's make sensible moves that are part of a larger plan, not – oh, let's get that shiny new object and we don't care what we need to spend for it. We don't care what we need to trade away for it because one player, one shiny new object is not going to make the difference on this team. And one, and, and even if you think that that shiny object is not a new object but is a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, I got news for you. You put Ryan Tannehill on this team and 
Do you think that they're, I mean, are they better than four and six? Maybe. Are they better than, than five and five? Maybe. I think at best they're six and four. But looking at it at six and four, I mean, is Ryan Tannehill, like if Ryan Tannehill's there, do you think they're beating the Steelers? Well, that's what, I, that's what I said Patriots? at the beginning of the season. That's what I said at the beginning of the season was that this was a team that even before Ryan Tannehill got hurt, this was a team that was maybe looking at, was was always looking at the five spot or the six spot as their ceiling for this season. You know, their ceiling was sneaking into the playoffs in one of those two wild card spots and probably losing in the first round of the playoffs. That was with Tannehill as a quarterback. Now, would I like I said, I look at it. I don't know that they would be significantly better with Tannehill had he been there. Maybe they win that game against Oakland. Maybe, you know, any number of things are possible because they would, you know, the things would have played out completely differently. But at the end of the day, this was a team that was not ready to win a Super Bowl this season. It was never going to be winning a Super Bowl this season. And some people were talking like this was a team that that had all of the pieces there to win a Super Bowl. And to me, they were never even close. And now we see just how far away they truly are. And it, I mean, it starts with the defense that a lot of people were saying were the strength of this team. And, you know, they gave up 23 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. Um, you could say they gave up 30, but I'm not going to count that last touchdown as that obviously was a special teams fluky thing, you know, whatever. But this defense has had its struggles this season. The linebacking core is bad. Kiko Alonso has been a terrible linebacker for the Miami Dolphins this season. Um, the, the, the pieces have been questionable. Xavier Howard has been bad. Uh, you know, Timmons has been okay, has had moments. Malaluga's been okay. But these are guys that are not, these are stopgap guys. These are guys that were put in place because the Dolphins thought they were going to win right now. These are not guys that are gonna you're going to be looking at as your linebacker core five, ten years down the road. Um, so this team is a mess right now. And it's, it's a weird thing to have this situation where with six games left to go, I mean, you're, you're not looking at any kind of reasonable chance at the playoffs here so what where does this team go from here what do they do with the remainder of their season I think it's likely we'll see Matt Moore starting uh I mean the facts alone bear out that he should be the starting quarterback Jay Cutler was 6 of 12 for 83 yards with a touchdown and three interceptions now granted that third interception wasn't really his fault because Devontae Parker should have made that catch. Uh, but Matt Moore came into the game and was 17 for 28 for 282 yards and a touchdown and was stretching the offense and was throwing the ball downfield. But now this, you're also looking at a Dolphins team that can't run the ball. Damian Williams had a 69-yard run on his first play from scrimmage today. But since then, but after that moment, the, the Dolphins ran for a total of 14 more yards the rest of the day. You know, it's this is a Dolphins team that cannot run the football. And that leads back to all the trouble that they have on the offensive line. And there's one sequence in this game, arguably the, well, I mean, maybe not the biggest sequence because they did end up tying the game up later. But there was a sequence in the game in the fourth quarter with about, I don't know, six, seven minutes left when the Dolphins had, you know, nine yards on first down, then on second down. Uh, they run, you know, basically a draw play to, you know, 
to Damian Williams, who tries to bounce it outside. He's unable to get it. No gain. Then on third and one, it's a play action and a rollout. And, and Matt Moore tries to get it himself. No gain. And then finally on fourth and one, they try to run it up the middle and they get stopped for no gain. And it's it's an inability to run the ball up the middle. And it's it's a bigger problem. It, it's one thing to not be able to run the ball up the middle, but it's an even bigger problem when you know that you can't run up the middle and the opposing defense knows that you can't run up the middle. Because then not only can you not run up the middle, but now it's not like you're fooling anybody by running to the outside. So it completely limits what you can do offensively. And you see that, that the Dolphins are almost better off on third and three, third and four than they are on third and one, because on third and one, they're, they they hamstring themselves because it's like, okay, we're going to line up like we're running up the middle, but, Listen, but we're not going to run up the middle. It's a bad situation for an NFL team. To have a third and one at their opponent's 35-yard line, and or to have a second and one, and not be able to get that first down, and, like, and not and not and not, and not to be able to get it took, running the ball. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like oh, on second and one they tried to take a shot because that's a that's a thing that that teams do, especially on the opponent's side of the field. Is oh, second and one, this is a good chance to take a shot because you feel like oh, you got two more downs. If you need to run the ball, you can get the first down. But to take three stabs at it, and we're not even talking about goal line because that happens all the time at the goal line. But from the opponent's thirty-five yard line, with all that space on the field, that you can't just pick up one yard on the ground. It's it's an indictment and and it's it's you hit the nail on the head with look over these last few games the blow of losing Jay Ajayi has been softened by the play of Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake and especially their ability to create big plays in the passing game and to create big plays in general they've they've hit some big runs but it's been an inability to run the ball consistently. And that's not to say that they were running the ball consistently with Jay Ajayi, but you you got to believe that if you had a running back like that and a second and one in this same exact situation, you'd have felt pretty confident that if you handed the ball off to Jay Ajayi three times, he would have picked up the first down. And they just don't have that. Yep, they just – it's – they're they're just helpless. It is it is a helpless offense. So for all the talk of how wonderful um, Adam Gase's offense is, it's left a lot to be desired this season. Granted, it, yes, he's he was put behind the eight ball when the season started, and this is something for all of those people that are out there going, well, you can't judge Gase too harshly because he lost his starting quarterback before the season started. You lose the ability to make that argument when your head coach stands up and says he's going to go out of his way to recruit Jay Cutler and pay him $10 million to come in and be your quarterback. When that happens, bringing in Jay Cutler for $10 million is a move from a coach who expects that his team is going to win right now. And to bring in Jay Cutler and have him fall on his face uh is 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 on Adam Gase. That's that's not on you can't you can't say oh well Jay Cutler hasn't been great. It's it's too bad that Tannehill was hurt because you know this season really had potential. Listen, you you lose the ability to make that argument for Adam Gase 
as a head coach when he is the mastermind behind going out and bringing in Jay Cutler. And I'll say it, I, I'll be the first to admit it. I, I said, you know, I okay, I'm feeling good about this Jay Cutler move. Um, I, I trust Adam Gase. He, I have no reason not to. If he thinks going out and getting Jay Cutler to be the quarterback for the Dolphins is a good move, fantastic. I'm behind it. And I will now come out and say, listen, I'm owning it. That was a terrible decision. Jay Cutler, the thing about Jay Cutler is he's sort of the Dolphins, a microcosm of the Miami Dolphins. He can be really, really good. He can be. We saw it in the game against Oakland. He can be very good. Most of the time, however, he's a disaster. And that is your Miami Dolphins. And this uh, that is this same old Dolphins team. Look, they had the you had the Dolphins come storming back. I mean, well, I already recapped it, but this was a pretty same old Dolphins loss at the end of the day. Defense fights, 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 lets the offense get back into the game. Offense finally does, defense lets them down, Dolphins lose. And that's where we are. That's where we are. It's a sad state of affairs for your same old Dolphins. And Adam Gase's record now through 26 regular season games, 14 and 12. Tony Sperano through 26 games. These are not with the playoffs included, although the records would be virtually the same since both uh, lost their only playoff game as a head coach. Tony Sperano's first 26 games, 16 and 10. And and this is getting a lot of action on Twitter. A lot of you know the the Dolphins homers, the delusional ones. Uh, that are that are coming out and saying that we're being too harsh on Gase. Look, I don't think. I mean, I'm not sitting here and saying that Adam Gase should be fired. I'm not even sitting here and saying that Adam Gase is a bad coach. I think that Adam Gase is a fine coach, but I don't know how good or how bad Adam Gase is because in his first year he took a team that you know, looked to be an eight and eight team. He got them to 10 and six and got them to the playoffs. It was a great year, but we've seen, you know, a coach like Tony Sperano have a team that caught fire and got to the playoffs and it looked like kind of a fluke. And you wanted to see what happened the next year. And Tony Sperano followed it up with a pair of seven and nines. And then his fourth year, the team started off poor and he was canned. And right now, Adam Gase's career trajectory is absolutely similar to that. It is, it is markedly remarkably similar to that. You have a team that caught fire unexpectedly made it to the playoffs. And now in his second season faced with some adversity. Oh, by the way, you know who else lost their starting quarterback the, in their second year as a head coach, Tony Sperano, Remember how great Chad Pennington was in 2008 and then he got hurt and the Dolphins thought, oh, well, you know, it's time for Chad Henney. And then that experiment fell, you know, they, they, he fell flat on his face. And then we ended up with who? Matt Moore. It's, it's pretty amazing how similar their careers have been between Tony Sperano and Adam Gase. And we're not sitting here and we're saying that Adam Gase should be fired. We're not sitting here and saying that Adam Gase is a bad coach. What we're simply saying is there was a lot of talk after last season and coming into this season that every decision that Adam Gase made, it was, well, I got to trust this guy. He's he's a great coach. I really love like he's he's 
hard on the players in the media. He really reminds me of Shula. That's what I'm not, you know, we're not just hearing this from fans. We're hearing this from the media down here. The guys that follow this team on a regular basis, on a daily basis, saying that coming into this season that there were things about Adam Gase that reminded them of Don Shula, that they thought that this could be the next Don Shula. Well, it's time to stop making those comparisons. Let's not jump the gun. Let's call it like it is. The guy had a very good first year. He's had a bad second year with some tough circumstances. How they respond the rest of the year, that goes oh, that goes a long way towards determining whether or not he comes into next year on the hot seat. But there's no way to look at this and say that Adam Gase has not had a bad year. Look, he's had – look, the, the there's, circumstances – There's nobody the, the, the on the Dolphins coaching staff that has had a good year. Look, the circumstances are bad, but you can't deny that he came into this year, he got the quarterback that he wanted. And the offense has been the worst in the league. This is a fact. Uh, the team made moves because they thought that they could win now. They are now four and six. This is a fact. He had to trade arguably the best player on the offense because he couldn't get him to buy into his offensive system. This is a fact. He has... One of the most penalized and least disciplined teams in the league. This is a fact. These are all facts that go directly on to Adam Gase. These go on to his resume. This is part of his complete work. And this is what you need to judge him on. You can't just say, oh, well, he got us to the playoffs last year, so this doesn't matter. Fine, he got us to the playoffs this year. Then, all right, we'll give him this year as a pass as far as we're not going to fire his ass if they lose out the rest of the way and end up 4-12. and 12. Fine, but if that happens, the guy's going to be on the hot seat next year, and he absolutely should be. Yep, that's a correct. That's correct. And there's, there's, I, and if you're a Dolphin fan, I think at this point, yeah, obviously you want to see your team win, but I think in order to give your team the best chance to win, you probably need your team to go out there and drop every game for the rest of this season and find themselves in a position where they're actually, you know, where they're actually in the situation that they deserve to be in because this team never deserved to be 4 and 2. Yeah, they find found a way to win those games, but we said at the time, the Dolphins were 4 and 2, we couldn't believe that they were somehow 4 and 2. And it's the games that this team has lost this year that you really see just how bad they are. You know, it's the NFL. A bad team is going to win some football games in the NFL. You know, the Giants beat the Chiefs today. Um, a bad team is occasionally going to get a win. And the Dolphins have done that a few times this season. But at this point, it's better for the Dolphins. I really feel like it's better for the Dolphins to, to lose. You want to, you know, try to get a better first round draft pick and, and find that value because that's what this team needs. This team needs to find value and it's going to be a process to rebuild this team and make it a contender. And I, I really think that as we move forward, that's that's what needs to happen. We need to look at taking small steps. Let's not try to hit a home run because there is nothing this team can do. 
There is nothing this team can do in one offseason that is going to put them on the level of the New England Patriots. There is nothing this team can do in one offseason that's going to put them on the level of the Philadelphia Eagles. They need to take the time and do it the right way. Uh, I'm a lifelong Chicago Cubs fan because I was cheering for the Cubs before there was a baseball team in South Florida. And I grew up watching the team on WGN. And this team was in the early 2000s. They were built to compete and they were built to win. And it didn't happen for one reason or another that we don't need to get into. Because if you're a South Florida sports fan, you know what I'm talking about. But what happened after that was that the team realized that, okay, we need to reevaluate and restock. And Theo Epstein came on board that Chicago Cubs team and completely rebuilt them from the ground up. And they invested in youth with the knowledge that the team was going to be bad for several years, that this team was going to be tough to watch. And eventually, with all of the time and effort and money that they invested in young players and developing them the right way, the team was able to they, he was able to build a world champion. Now obviously football's a little bit different. There's not a there's not a developmental system, there's no farm league, no farm system, anything like that. But if the Dolphins really want to do this, they need to do it the right way and they need to build it from the ground up because the the try to win right now approach has clearly failed them. And I I just don't know what else to say about it. I don't think there is much more to say about it. So I think, I think maybe we it. should call it a show. I think that's the end of the show. I think that's it for uh, when for there's nothing episode. more to be said. There's nothing more to be said. So we here we are dolphin fans disappointed again. Uh, it It's one of the worst things in sports is to be a fan of the Miami dolphins. Yeah, I, really being a fan of the Miami dolphins is like when you see one of those guys that has been a smoker for about, 20, 30 years and, and, and they, they see somebody buying a pack of cigarettes, like a young kid buying a pack of cigarettes and they tell them, look, it's a nasty habit. Don't do it. I wish I, I wish I could quit, but I can't don't, don't start. That's what being a Dolphins fan is like for 20 to 30 years. It's, it's like being a smoker for like 20 to 30 years. You don't want to do it. You know that it's a nasty habit, but you just can't help yourself. And that's where we are. That's where we are as, as an organization and as fans of this team. It, it sucks. It sucks. Um, and this this uh, what this team does is crush your spirit over and over and over and over again. That's what they do. And that's why they are the same old Dolphins. Brain, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You should also be following the show at Same Old Dolphins. And you can like us, follow us on SoundCloud, download, rate, and review to the show on, on uh, iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the program. If you disagree with us, if you think there are things that we can do better, certainly let us know. We'd be happy to address that and, and try to make the show a little bit better for you as we move forward. And don't forget, you should also follow Bad Bruno at Bad Bruno Punk. They're the team that, or the team, the band that gave us our uh, excellent Miami Dolphins fight song. In fact, that Miami Dolphins fight song is probably the best thing about the Miami Dolphins at this point in time. It is a sad state 
of affairs. That's going to wrap us up. I'm not sure what the schedule is going to be like um, leading into the preview of the New England Patriots game. The Dolphins are playing at Foxborough next week. Um, the, the normal time that we would do the preview show would be Thursday night, but of course Thursday is Thanksgiving. So uh, we're, we'll have to see when we're able to pull off a preview show. Maybe the brain will do a solo show. I don't know. I mean, the long and short of the preview is the New England Patriots are going to pick the Miami Dolphins apart and win by at least four touchdowns. Uh, brain, any reason to think that that is not a reasonable prediction for this? Well, other than the fact that the Dolphins always seem to find a way to to mediocrity. So to find a way to mediocrity, they'd have to find a way to beat the Patriots at some point. But doing it in Foxborough doesn't seem likely. Yeah, and certainly not going to happen Patriots, next weekend. The Patriots are firing on all cylinders right now. So, yeah, it, it would appear that that is going to be a blowout and one that the Dolphins will be on the wrong side of next week. Yeah, there's no reason to have any reasonable expectation that the Miami Dolphins are going to be defeating the New England Patriots uh, in week 12. So I think four and seven is is a very strong possibility for this team. Uh, then again, it would also be a very same old Dolphins thing for them to do to come back and win that game. But listen, I'm not holding my breath. Anyway, we'll uh, try to get a preview show together for you. And if it's, if it's happening, it'll be out uh later on this week in the meantime for Aaron the brain we wish you a happy thanksgiving try to put this loss in the rearview mirror and focus on other wonderful things that you all have going on in your life that do not involve the dolphins that's the best way to deal with this kind of team all right that's it we're out of here we'll talk to you again next time bye-bye everybody go dolphins